one and go. Wow, wow, wow. Apple products, shiny new things. Do you really need them? iOS could do your voice. Sign of the end times. Five star ratings. What are they worth? Treadmilling indoors. Really? Maybe she get out. Gao Cow slowing down the internet. And ugh, boy, did I struggle with Chinese class today. Tuesday, June 6th, 2023. I'm Stephen Sierski. Canadian expat here, living here in uh, Beijing, China. Been here for several, several years now. Uh, partially thanks to coronavirus kind of keeping me in place for a little bit. But uh, also thanks to my own sort of volition of staying put. Simply because it's worked out so far. And... Uh, yeah, from here I get to uh, see all the wonderful Western media that uh, likes to talk about China, hear a lot of opinions from other people who uh, have never lived in China. Meanwhile, the rest of us, us expats, just keep on living, keep on going on, and uh, struggling to make a life for ourselves, I guess. Some of us are, are here to stay, some of us are here are not here to stay, some of us are only here to, you know make a quick buck or experience something new, but I was actually thinking about who has been left in China. I can help. I can almost say, uh, although as, as many of the old guard, quote unquote, the old guard have left, um, uh, there's not many, I guess you would call them new people in China just yet. And they're, they're coming in now, but the last two or three years really sort of saw a lot of people leave and no one come in. So, uh, a lot of people are experiencing China after COVID, and I don't know, are they getting, I don't know what their reaction is, and I don't know what they're, uh, uh, if they're meeting other expats and sort of how those expats are portraying what life was like uh, <laughs> under the coronavirus times. Anyway, I don't know, we're, we're all living here, we're still going on despite, I mean, we had blue skies today, yes, but other places have pollution, of course, uh, it is a huge problem in China. Uh, other than that, the internet still works, although a little bit slowing down. Anyway, big news is that uh, Apple is holding its Worldwide Developers Conference in Cupertino, uh, California, I guess it is. And um, yeah, some shiny new products to uh, tempt your paychecks away from your pockets, basically. I had read that the, uh, the Mac Studio that they had released, I guess it was last year, uh, there was a a sweet machine, to tell you the truth, is still a sweet machine. You can get them refurbished, uh, and they're, uh, they're, I mean, for most people, they are going to be more than enough, maybe not overkill, but more than enough for at least the foreseeable future. Uh, but uh, they released another one this year, uh, the Mac Studio, I guess, I'm not sure if it's called number two, but it's with the M2 chip, and it's M2 Max and M2 Ultra. So, of course, I was specking this thing out, kind of, you know, daydreaming a little bit and uh, looked at the final tally on how much it would cost to get a fully specced uh, Mac Studio, Mac, Mac Studio M2 Ultra. And it was something like $12,000 Canadian or something. And I checked both the Canadian website and the, uh, the Chinese website, and there was no real difference in terms of price. The iPhones... Sometimes they are different prices. Like if you buy them in Canada, they might be cheaper depending where you buy them. Um, but uh, the other, like the laptops, the computers, desktops, they all seem to be sort of very similar price, similarly priced throughout the world. Uh, so it's very difficult to say. But looking at the system, wow. I mean, to, 
you wouldn't have to buy actually I you know what? No, this is this is one thing. The the MacBooks, the MacBook Pros, the Mac Airs, the iPads, the iPhones, the iOS system, they're all sort of on a uh, refresh system of about six years. So my MacBook is coming to end of life, so end of supported life. The Mac Apple only supports them for about six years, uh, and then that's it. They sort of force you to upgrade and everything. These Mac Studios, basically you have six years of, um, what would you call it, up-to-date usage, and then after that, it becomes like you're just using old software to do the same things. Um, you might not be able to upgrade to the latest version. You might not need to for a lot of times. Uh, but if you wanted the new glitzy glam features of some of the new AI video editing apps, for example, uh, this might be an issue. This poses a problem because they also released the new Mac Pro, and I'm not sure how the Mac Pro system works in terms of iOS. Like, it doesn't have a special uh, Mac OS system at all. Um, uh, sorry, so... The iOS is on the refresh system. The Mac OS is on the refresh system. Number 17 is coming up. Um, iOS 17 is going to be released, uh, but also the Sumtana, some Sumnata, some uh, I can't remember the name, is S, S something, is the new version of the Mac OS that's going to be rolled out uh, later this year, which does not support 2017 and backwards, basically. So if you're on one of those machines, you basically get to live with either Monterey or Ventura being your last big upgrade. For the Mac Pro, like if they haven't refreshed the Mac Pro in years. This Mac Studio, you're spending that chunk of change. Uh, you, you almost can't be a hobbyist anymore with that sort of system because with the Mac Pro, uh, sorry, the Mac Studio, the one that I was just talking about, you know, the $12,000 or whatever it is, um, it's kind of a sweet system and everything. They, if it's on a six-year six refresh... That system is going to run far longer than six years, or at least you'd sort of expect it to, right? There are people who are using Mac Pros from 10 years ago because they haven't uh, upgraded the thing. Uh, not only that, I mean, the, the systems are built to sort of last. They really do. Uh, the other thing is the amount of power that's packed into those things, right? Like, that amount of computing power for the foreseeable future, I would like to say for the next five, six years is going to be more than enough. It's like for the next 10 years is going to be more than enough. Although, will it? You look back at 2010. Well, yeah, because if you had bought a uh, Mac Pro in 2010, even 2013, that system, you could upgrade now and finally see a big difference in uh, its operability. But, uh, I mean, I don't work with Mac Pros, but in terms of specs and in terms of the, the programs that they would run, uh, you're looking at a very powerful system that can be customized quite a bit and uh, that can run some uh, software that can just keep on going. Keep in mind, like, um, well, Adobe doesn't really require the latest Mac OS, I don't think. I think that might be one thing about it, but Final Cut, usually, in order to upgrade, does require uh, the latest uh, OS system on your Apple, whatever it is, your Apple device. Interesting thing about this iOS uh so iOS is for the iPhone and for the iPad, uh, although there are two versions of it because whatever is on the iPhone doesn't necessarily go to the iPad and vice versa. Um, this apparently, you can train this thing to record your voice 
and use your voice to respond for you. I immediately thought, I'm like, oh, this is going to be beautiful. I'm going to get myself an iPhone. <laughs> I'm going to train this thing. How long would it take for someone to figure out that I trained my phone to do my job? <laughs> oh, Stephen, that doesn't sound like you. But it is me. <laughs> oh, that would be just gorgeous. It'd be hilarious. I don't think, it, of course, my job does require a little bit of a uh, human touch. Uh, but <laughs> it's amusing to say and kind of... Uh, I don't know, worrying to think that maybe the company can get their hands on this type of technology, sample my voice, and all of a sudden I'm doing, I don't know, a thousand client meetings a day, and I'm going, I'm not, no, I didn't get paid for a thousand client meetings. Is this going to be the next evolution of business? You're going to have to license your voice, license your likeness, and then also show up to work anyway. <laughs> you don't get any time off. You're just another body. They can just multiply you. They can clone you. They don't have to do it physically. They just have to do it digitally on the screen. So uh, they can, you know, bring in the cash, bring in the clients, and uh, keep the keep the party rolling, basically. Because honestly, I've talked about doing the same thing. Like, what was it, last week I was talking about, or maybe it was two weeks ago, where I was talking about um, the future of your language teaching is going to be an app on a cell phone, on a device that is going to contain uh, a database of all the material that you've covered up to date and will include AI prompts and possibly a speech coach all integrated into one and your students will have access to, uh, to this via, I don't know, facial recognition to keep it uh, privacy, whatever it is, a passcode of some sort for the cheap ones uh, or a simple text message if you really want to go the old two-factor authentication uh, route. But that's sort of where this iOS, I kind of go, this technology. And the thing is about it hitting the Apple devices is that typically when it finally hits the Apple devices, it's been in the Android system for a long time. And that's true. But the thing about the Android stuff is that it doesn't get as much glitz and glam, uh, as much sexy coverage as the Apple stuff. Because Apple, let's face it, they make stuff look good. They just do. It's, it's not clunky PC hardware with you got to blow off the dust or anything like that or clean the PCI threads. And if you don't know what the PCI threads are, those are those big cards that you'd plug into desktop towers. This is what gamers do, okay? This is you know, all your video cards and stuff like that. It's, you you got to assemble those computers if you want a good one. But Apple makes these things look good. Look at the, was it the Apple Vision Pro? Finally, I mean, they look like diving glasses, snorkeling glasses, uh, snorkeling mask, but far better than the other stuff that's been presented before. I mean, it doesn't look as intimidating, doesn't look as scary. And I mean, if it's within the Apple ecosystem, and they, they were sort of promoting this as the newest, uh, was it the newest category of product newest product category that they that they've introduced since the iWatch. So the iWatch was their last big sort of step into something away from computers, desktops, I guess. Uh, I mean so with the iPod, so the iPhone and stuff like that. So they're they're broadening their their scope, their product offerings, and now this is a new system that you can program with. And I look at this and go, in terms of functionality in terms of practicality, I go, again, 
this, if, if not metaverse, then it's going to be virtual simulations. It's going to be with teachers. It's going to be um, large language model learnings and stuff like that. Not only that, I, the one program, the one app app that I'd like to see on uh, Apple Vision Pro, Apple Apple glasses, Anki Droid, flashcards. That's it. So I can practice my uh, Chinese flashcards as I walk, maybe on my treadmill indoors. <laughs> so I don't have to see anybody ever again, right? <laughs> All right. Well, it should be interesting to see what uh, some of these te these technologies can do. Certainly, it's neat to see the new Mac Studio out, but uh, I don't know if uh, that type of upgrade is in my uh, uh, in my my paychecks just yet. Treadmilling indoors. Okay, so I have been using this treadmill actually very consistently. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, it saves me some of this time, of the turnaround time. I've talked about this before, um, also in relation to commutes to and from work. So there's a turnaround time. It's not just so much the commute itself. It's the getting ready for the commute, 5-10 minutes. Getting home from the commute, 5-10 minutes. And then you got to flip it back, you know, the, the, the opposite direction as well. So... It's 40 minutes typically, uh, 20 to 40 minutes, and it's a very generous, maybe 30 to 40 minutes each time that you take the commute, in addition to your commute, that you are losing each day that you are making that journey, right? So this treadmill, of all things, the commute uh, or the turnaround I'm looking at this time is simply going downstairs, getting putting on the shoes, going into the elevator, and going down and then walking. Like that turnaround of a three to four minutes. It doesn't seem like much. And it works real nice if the elevator's uh, available and it works. But if it's not and you got to wait and the thing's going up and it's going down and bloody circles and you're going, who the hell is holding up this elevator today? Right now? Unfold the, the treadmill, plug it in, turn it on, and go. So, but I was, this is the thing. This is the catch it all. So I do this, and I'm going, I haven't left this 20-foot space all day. The last, I went out this morning, but since then, I haven't been outside, right? It was a nice, beautiful, blue-sky day, gorgeous, hot, everything. I didn't see it. I mean, I saw it from the window, but that was it. I was working all day. And then after work, I mean, uh, I was doing some more video work here, getting that all finished up and everything. Um, ate dinner, and then on the treadmill. And now this... I mean, these days fly by, but uh, and you, all of a sudden you put these Apple Vision goggles on. You don't have to see people. I mean, yeah, you're talking to people, but uh, you're not really seeing them, are you? Uh, it's, yeah, I think it, it's odd. I get, I, it probably really depends on the type of person you are, type of things you want to get done as well. For me, my time is, I, I treat that as very precious, uh, and for the cost... And for the loss of going outside, because keep in mind, like if I were to go outside for that evening walk, you got to dodge around kids playing soccer and everything. You maybe bump into someone and stuff like that, which all well and good, but you know, I'm thinking of all the things I have to do. So I'm not relaxed when I'm outside. I'm actually pretty high strung. I'm trying to relax, but then I bump into someone, you know, you got to make that, that pleasant conversation and you know, tell them that everything's just going really well. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I got so many things I got to get done tonight. And if I don't get it done, then I can't go travel. And if I can't go travel, I can't see my family. If I can't see my family, blah, 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 right? Bang, bang, bang. All that sort of stuff. So it goes on and on and on. 
this, the, the treadmill, I'm looking at this. I haven't been walking Tuesdays, Thursdays, and even Saturdays. This is, this is all on me. It's all my fault. It's because I've been so absorbed in all these projects that I've been going, uh, uh, doing and all these language classes that I haven't been taking the time to go outside. So this helps solve that issue of being physical on these typically non-physical days. So regardless, if I, if I, so basically it's helping me do more physical exercise. It's not putting me in contact with any more people. That's fine. I accept that. But it is allowing me to get the exercise I need, continue doing the things I need and want to do here in the apartment. And so I'm basically killing two birds with one stone. Walking two walks in the same direction? Walking two paths in the same direction? Well, snap, there's a new one. Right, so treadmilling indoors, I understand why some people might not like it. Because basically you're just kind of stuck in indoors all day. Uh, but uh, is this a temporary solution, long-term solution? I like it. It kind of fits the apartment. Um, not so much room, but uh, we're, we're getting along. We're managing. Five-star ratings. Okay, so this was a interesting. It came across the Wall Street Journal. But, and this was mostly about the uh, Uber, Uber and Lyft and all these taxi drivers that are getting five-star ratings uh, in... Uh, United States, just because that's what people can't be bothered to give feedback about the service, and so they just click five stars and go on their way. And I was thinking, like, yeah, that's pretty much it. But not only that, like here in China, one of the things that they do here is that if you give us a five star, if you leave us a review, five stars, please, we'll give you a ten percent discount, or we'll give you a um, you know, twenty five quad coupon, a five dollar coupon, basically. Yeah, they get a lot of these people. I mean, sure, I'll, no one cares. Five stars, sure, whatever. So the skews, I guess the one thing that you can take into account from these reviews, the number of five-star ratings is the number of people who've actually been to the restaurant and haven't died, right? Like, that's at least not immediately, basically, because uh, you have probably also haven't heard of any deaths associated with this name, so... But if it's a new restaurant, how do you know? I don't know. Good question. But I guess that's the one thing you can sort of gauge about the number of uh, stars or number of reviews left behind is simply how many people have actually gone to the store and uh, claimed that $5 code, basically, that 25 Kwai coupon that they offered for that whatever it is that you didn't really need in the first place. I'm just saying that oftentimes they'll try to upsell you then ask you to leave a, a, a star rating. And then, so you're leaving this five-star rating, you're getting the coupon, you've been upsold, you're now spending more than you probably would have anyway. Uh, and, and now a bunch of other people, but if everybody knows that it's a scam, is it still a scam? I don't, uh, that, that's where, I, I don't know. I, I don't trust a lot of the reviews anyway. If people say it's very good, I, I don't. It's just like, okay, if it, if there's a lot of reviews, and they okay, enough people have ordered, so I'll try it. But I'm not believing it until I actually try it myself. It's worked fine most of the time, except those fish jowls back in uh, October. Those those put me under for a while. Gal cow slowing down the internet. Oof! Wow, this is a uh, this is funny. <laughs> uh, even work was impacted by this. That uh, internet slowdowns. My personal internet, uh, like for my own stuff, wasn't too bad, but there's just a little drag, you can tell. They sent out a message, actually, saying that uh, 
the Gaokao is on. It's over the next couple of days, I think it is. Um, which one was it? Oh, I've got so many of these messages. They were, um, it's 7th, 8th, 9th, uh, somewhere around here. Where So the Gaokao is the high school uh, examination that's going on. Uh, and it takes place every uh, July, basically. And so uh, some of the big thing is that uh, they try to make things, I guess what you say, they're, they're trying to make things fair. Uh, July 7th to 10th inclusive is the uh, uh, the National Gao Cao uh, examination. So the Gao Cao, again, is a university examination that these high school kids in the public school system have to take, and then they get placed into um, their, uh, the universities that they'll, they'll go into in September. Uh, and this all, I mean, you ask anybody their Gao Cao score, most of them will know it. Um, and it's... It's a very competitive uh, atmosphere. I mean, the, the lengths that the parents will go, uh, the students will go to, the schools will go to, to ensure that they get certain scores. Um, because some of these universities, they, it's not even enough money. I mean, I guess enough money could buy you into it. But like Peking University, Tsinghua University, they just shut the door on anybody below a certain Gaokao average. They go, no, we're not taking you. Uh, go, go down the street. <laughs> go to BLCU or go to BIT, something like that. Not, BLCU is a, a decent university. That's where a lot of your translators and interpreters go to, uh, but um, and it's well-known throughout China. Uh, but compared to like Peking University or Tsinghua University, Beijing University, um, it's, it's, again, very... There's elite schools here in China, and they do shut the door according to your Gaokao score. It's, it's insanity to think that it happens... Uh, but, uh, hey, that, th this is not a problem I ever had. I mean, this is pro this is the problem for the straight A pluses that they didn't get Gao Cao, I don't know, 701 rather than uh, 702. And that means they can't go to like the one of the three top universities. I don't even know what the scoring is. I know that some of my students used to be uh, Gao Cao 400 or 450. And that was sort of like, oh, no. you showed up. That's nice. <laughs> along those lines and basically that's what it is so uh, if you if you know any chinese nationals uh who live overseas and if you're ever brave enough bring up the the gao cow score uh may, a sensitive question can i ask you a sensitive question you don't have to answer if you don't want what was your gao cow score the, the problem with this though is if you ask this this is like um i'm, I'm not sure what the equivalent is. it's not like asking if you're pregnant or gonna have kids it's not that bad it's not even like asking your religion but it is sort of reminding them of a time of their life where it was like just absolute shit. Like it, the vast majority do not enjoy this process of this highly selective, highly competitive atmosphere that goes along with the Gao Cao. Um, they laugh about it afterwards, you know, because they, they survive. Typically they thrive anyway. Uh, and I think a lot of the younger kids, I hope a lot of the younger kids are sort of realizing that the Gao Cao is only one step. Yes, it can open up some very nice doors for you, uh, but your life isn't over. And it's like very, very, very temporary. On that note, my Chinese classes. How was that today? Oh, boy. Um, maybe I should get stop talking in English and start talking in Chinese. I was struggling today. I scheduled another class uh, for uh, lunchtime today, 45 minutes with this uh, lady. She's, she, she's the, the bubbly... Um, a Chinese teacher. She's, she's very fun to talk to. 
uh, she was talking about uh, putting her videos on TikTok. And I'm like, I don't really know how to make TikTok videos, uh, given that multiple devices have failed uh, recently. And uh, it's very difficult to download the program. And I've been spooked by what sort of spyware is embedded in the TikTok system, uh, ecosystem. Not only that, uh, I, I know if I criticize TikTok, you kind of have to wonder, well, do you use Facebook or anything else like that? Because they're all doing it. It's all the same TOS, all the same terms of services. Uh, so it's, you can check it. They might be slight variations, but pretty similar. Uh, so anyway, we got talking and uh, she was talking quite fast. I was impressed that I could sort of keep up with what she was saying. But there was times I was like, oh my goodness, this is what it, this is what it's like when you let the ball drop on your uh, Chinese classes. Like I just haven't been doing the same intake of extensive Chinese listening. I used to do it in the morning. I've sort of stopped that in preference for Ukrainian uh, swapping it out a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I can I can notice it. So that's what like a week, two weeks that have sort of uh, tamped down the amount of exposure to Chinese, and already I'm 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 seeing it. I'm feeling it. I'm not feeling as sharp as I was uh, a couple of weeks ago. Now, to be fair, if this is the coronavirus, if this is the virus, if I am sick with whatever the virus is, then apparently memory loss is part of it. So I uh, do have to give myself credit for at least showing up to class and putting in a good effort. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stephensersky.com. Thanks for listening. We'll do this again. Have a good one. Talk again. Bye-bye.